I've determined that Journey is going to have a thousand locations, mm. and it's because I know what that truly means. It's going to be five to eight thousand coaches because there's five to eight in each location. Five to eight thousand on an army of coaches waking up every day to go change lives. Waking up every day to go change lives. Welcome to the Champion Life with Kurt Tucker. My purpose is to love, encourage, and empower you to become the champion leader God created you to be and live what I like to call the champion life. A life of abundance, freedom, and victory where you, my friend, are winning in every area of your life. Your faith, your family, your fitness, and your finances. I'm your host, Kurt Tucker. Let's have some fun. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Champion Life Podcast. I'm excited about today's episode as I am with one of my friends, uh, a gentleman that just I've got the opportunity to get to know over this past year. And man, am I excited. This guy is an incredible husband, father, leader, not just in the fitness industry, but just in life in general. And he has an incredible story that today I'm saying, how do you go from spending 10 years in prison to working on owning 10 franchises? Incredible. So without further ado, please help me welcome my good friend, Travis Barnes to the podcast. Travis, welcome, brother. How you doing, man? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. That was quite an introduction. Thank you for uh, the honor of being on this show today. Man, dude, I'm super pumped to have you, brother. I'm super pumped to get to spend the next 45 minutes with you, share you with our audience, because, you know, this podcast, as you know, I created it for one reason, man, and that is to give people hope, to encourage people, to, to let them know that this, what I like to call champion life, is possible no matter where they're at, no matter what they've been through, right? Which is absolutely incredible. So what I want to do is I, I want to dive right in, man, you know, to, to really, because I know we got a lot of stuff to cover. I want to want to make sure we get to everything. So real quick, just share a little bit about yourself, Travis, you know, as far as family, who you are, and then we'll dig right into some of the questions that we want to get into. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, so Travis Barnes, father, franchisor, husband, uh, speaker, author, uh, so many things going on in my life, but uh, just blessed, you know, most importantly, blessed, even when I think I'm broken, I'm really getting blessed. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that today. But uh, yeah, thank you. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of backstory uh, that has, you know, been a part of your journey you know, to get you where you at today or where you're at today. And so I want to dive right in, man, because you have an incredible story. You are a true overcomer. I know that that's your podcast name. You've got a massive bus, you know, with it all over it. And, uh, you know, I want to talk about, you know, how did a guy like you do 10 years in prison, man? Like that is something that when when I think about that still to this day after knowing you, it blows my mind. So if you wouldn't mind, just share a little bit about that story and how did you get to that point in your life? Well, Kurt, thank you. You know, it's funny, the uh, correctional officers used to say that to me, you know, the ones that were guarding me and keep me in there, they'd be like, you know, Barnes, you really don't belong here. And I'd be like, well, could you tell somebody and let me out? <laughs> but uh, the truth is, you know, I did belong there, right? Because what happened was I was a kid grown up in a broken home. And as I went through life, I was one of those kids that really didn't have that fatherly influence, that, that lighthouse that you sometimes need in your life to kind of have that anchor of 
you know, what direction should I go? You know, somebody maybe help you a little bit more with your moral compass of who you should be as a man. So I was easily influenced. And I got my first job at the Gold's Gym in Las Vegas, Nevada in 1996. Small town boy goes to a 24-hour city. And I honestly didn't know what a wild life it would be even at the Gold's Gym. I mean, it was pretty crazy. Uh, there was a lot of drug usage going on even amongst certain bodybuilders and, uh, you know, other people that were just coming to the gym. And I wound up having a roommate that was heavily into drugs and I got into drugs and it began a downward spiral where I eventually drove into the middle of a federal investigation and it cost me a decade of my life, 10 years of my life. Yeah. Terrible stuff. But, but it all happened when I, when I mentioned that broken home, I think that identity is a big issue, right? Like I didn't really have an identity. I was looking for love and acceptance that maybe I didn't get growing up as a kid from my father. And it came from sometimes maybe an older male role model that wasn't such a role model, right? It was just somebody that I started hanging out with and, and I wanted his acceptance. And so I was willing to compromise myself to get it. And along the way, you know, you find things like addiction that also make you compromise yourself. And, and that's what got me there. Man, that's incredible. So, so 10 years in prison now, I, I see sometimes where people go in to prison and it's a breeding ground sometimes for many people to literally coming out and, it, and it's a life of, you know, continued crime and dysfunction and, you know, all kinds of things uh, for you. You know, what was that 10 years in prison for you? What, what did you learn? What, what did 10 years in prison teach you? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I took a different path. You know, Robert Frost says I took the road less traveled and it made all the difference, right? Um, for me, uh, it's very common actually in prison for them to give you medications to even keep you sedated. And they wanted to do that with me early on. You know, the correctional officers would come by my cell and I was just up at all hours. Um, I actually took this car ride two weeks before I found out that I was gonna have a baby. So I didn't even know that my daughter was gonna be born when I was making mistakes that would cost me uh, to not be there for the first 10 years of her life. So I had a lot of torture going on in my soul and my heart, you know, and it would keep me awake at all hours. And so they decided that they were going to give me some medicine to sleep. You know, uh, they kid around in prison. They call it the Thorazine shuffle that a lot of inmates are doing. And uh, I decided I was going to refuse that. And uh, they said, oh, well, you can get in trouble for that. And I, I said, well, ma'am, I think I'm already in enough trouble. So, you know, whatever other trouble I got, I think I'll be fine, you know. But I decided right then and there that, you know, I wasn't going to have drugs in my life anymore. And uh, I was going to try to do something different. And I'll tell you, even despite all that kind of decision, I was still a tortured heart and soul. And uh, when it came down that I was going to, you know, be in prison for 188 months is what I was originally sentenced to. Now, that's 15 years, eight months. So we can talk a little bit about how I managed to get out in less than 10. But um, when that came down, I, I had the question, I had to say, can I really do that amount of time? I mean, my daughter is going to be driving a vehicle by the time I get home, you know you say, maybe they'd be better off without me, you know? And uh, I remember, you know, going back to my cell one night and thinking, you know, maybe I should just hang this up, you know? Maybe I should just quit. And uh, maybe they'd be better off. Hmm. And right then and there, you know, after a little bit of contemplation, I said to myself, I said, Travis, 
it's time for you to stop being a selfish asshole. <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, like, excuse my language, but this is the truth, right? You know, and sure. so you've been so selfish for so long, caught up in your addiction, making choices that were all about you and your addiction. And now you're going to make another choice that's all about you that's going to harm everybody else. I said, you know, if your daughter, you know, only comes here to just get some advice, you know, at 10 years old or what, whatever age she's going to come and need to talk to that father. And even if it's through glass, you know, you owe your family that, you know, even if it's for one conversation that you stick around, you owe it. So I said, oof. That was good advice. I think it must have been coming from, you know, maybe my spirit, you know, the, the higher self, that God piece that we get inside ourselves, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know. And uh, I said, okay, okay. So then if I'm going to do this and I got to be the best husband, I got to be the best father, I got to be the best person I can be from in here. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started writing letters home every day. I, I drew the face of the pumpkin for Halloween. I'd draw a treasure map for Easter. I'd half color pictures through the mail. Um, I decided I was going to educate myself, and I also decided I was going to stay out of trouble. That's where this question began, which was, you know, you get involved in different things in prison. But I was the guy that was just in my bunk reading a book or exercising or helping other people exercise. And as I moved on to prisons, it had more opportunity. I helped people get their GED and things like that because I said I, I want to do something that I can be proud of and that they can be proud of. And so that's how I handled it. Man, that's that is incredible. You know, one of the things that as you were speaking, what I'm hearing is mindset, you know, that direction of focus that you chose every single day that you had a choice to make. Right. You know, when you were in, in what I like to call the the dark soul of the night, <laughs> you yeah. know, moments. Right. Where it's like, hey, man, how many people do you know that go into a, a difficult situation in life, especially prison and they don't come out? you know, because they choose to end it, you know, they, they choose and it doesn't matter. You don't have to be in prison. How many people today that choose, you know, suicide, you know, they they look at, you know, I always say suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that's not the desire. You know, that's not the route. Right. No matter if you had 10 years, 15 years or for many times when we deal with something that happens in our life, in our marriage, in our business, and it's like we have a bad week. And sometimes we're just like, what is going on? Right. So so you mentioned, uh, you know, that there must have been something speaking to you, helping you through this process. So I am curious, man, is, you know, how was your faith developed? You know, were you already a man of faith before you went into prison? You know, and, and, and if not or if so, how did it develop as you were spending, you know, that 10 years in there? You know, I was not. I, I, I'm going to tell you that I went to Catholic school growing up and that, you know, I've always had a little bit of church in my life, but I was not the spiritual person that I am today, which came as a result of prison. And I think that I think that God's been trying to talk to me my whole life. And I, I think if your listeners think about it, uh, maybe they'll identify with parts of my story and say, yeah, maybe God's been trying to speak to me too. I mean, even in that Gold's Gym, I went up to Lee Haney, and he was training at Vander Holyfield for moving up from cruiserweight to heavyweight. And I said, you know, I, I was more into bodybuilding at the time, so I wanted Lee Haney's autograph. And I said, you know, Lee Haney, you know, can I get your autograph? And and he said, sure, sure. And he he signed it, and he signed it, uh, Lee Haney. But then he had Matthew on there, and then I thought he put like a date or something. And, you know, I didn't know what it was, and it was uh, Matthew five fourteen to sixteen. 
And you know, I later looked it up and it says, you know, you're the light of the world and I'm supposed to let my light shine, you know, and I'm like, okay. And then it's funny because now I'm in uh, the first place I was in, I was locked down 23 and a half hours a day. I was only let out for a 10 minute phone call and let out for a shower. Um, and you had to do those things kind of quick. And so the book cart would come by. And at the time, I was not a reader. I mean, now I believe that leaders are readers and I'm reading all the time. But back then, I was not a reader. And this book cart comes by and he says, would you like a book? And I'm like, well, what do you got? And he says, well, I got Louis L'Amour and I got the Bible. You know, I thought about it. I was like, Oof, all right, I'll take Louis L'Amour. <laughs> God was like, I'm trying to talk to you right now. I got you alone and you're reading Louis L'Amour, you know. And after I got through the Louis L'Amour series, I started reading the Bible. And uh, it's funny how there were parts of that Bible that really spoke to me, uh, spoke to me in ways to where I realized, you know, like Joseph, you know, uh, coat of many colors, you know, kind of had a good life that he was, you know, maybe taken for granted, but he needed to be humbled before he could be exalted. Right. And I, and I connected with that. I said, well, here I am in my humbling, just like Joseph was in a prison. You know, Jonah getting caught up in the belly of the whale. He was going the wrong way in life, not the way God wanted him to go. So had a whale swallow him up and actually spit him up on the shore pretty close to where he was supposed to be. Right. You know, and I was like, OK, OK, maybe you're doing this for me, God. And and as I went through my time, uh, you know, miraculous things happened. They they said that my big goal well, first, the first miraculous thing that happened was actually I was sentenced to 188 months and I had to appeal that. Now, a very small percentage of people actually get an appeal. It's about 5%. And of those, only 5% ever actually have a positive result. And I had to wait a couple of years for my appeal. And uh, I would wait on it and I would pray on it. And when I went back and I got back five years, eight months of my life, um, that was maybe the first intervention, you know, that uh, I felt like, wow, something really special happened here. Mm -hmm. And I originally was sentenced to too much time to go to a minimum security prison. And I heard that minimum security prisons are places where you get furloughs and you get to go home and see your family, right? Like, you know, you could go home for the holiday. And I thought, how great, because it gets me a little emotional to talk about it. But uh, at the time, you know, my daughter was growing up. Now she's getting into elementary school and she was in a Catholic school and uh, other people had to take her to father-daughter dance. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if I could take her to a father-daughter dance? Maybe I could earn my way to a minimum security place and, and get that furlough. And so I finally get my way to a camp after winning an appeal and having the amount of time that they think is, you know, appropriate to be in a place like that. And, uh, I show up there and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to go find out where I go apply for this furlough thing. And they said, oh, I'm sorry. We haven't given anything like that in five years. We've got too much contraband coming in this place. And man, I was crushed because like, you know, I was working my way there the whole time, you know, and I'm like, and so I just kept praying about it. And then the administration changed. There was a new warden and I went to that warden and I said, you know, Instead of being a taker, maybe be a giver. Like I've been a, a model inmate my whole time. You know, I've spoken troubled youth programs. I've mentored people for their GED. I've done all these things. Like maybe we should show people what they could get if they do the right things instead, you know, and she kind of liked my thinking, but then I told her what I had in mind. And I said, you know, cause I'd like to get a furlough and I'd like to take my daughter to a father daughter dance. And she goes, 
Mr. Barnes, we cannot approve you just to go to a recital. I said, well, it's not a recital. It's a father-daughter dance. And she said, don't you understand what I'm saying? She says, don't you have some sort of sick relative or something you might like to visit? <laughs> then I knew I was getting somewhere. I'm like, oh, she's giving me the angle to write to her about. Now, I mean, I, you know, over the course of 10 years, I lost a nephew and I had grandparents that were having heart attacks and on the edge of, you know, passing on to the next life and that kind of thing. So I did, I, I wrote it back and I was the, I don't know if there's ever been anybody since but I was the first one to get a furlough in five years. And I don't know if anybody's gotten one since, but I can tell you that it made me think of the Bible where like God makes a way where there is no way, mm. right? You know, Moses kind of shows up and there's water and like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, there's soldiers behind us and, you know, like doors open that weren't supposed to open. And they opened for me at a time to take my daughter to a father daughter dance. And I had, 24 hours i had 24 hours and man i'll tell you what we lived all 24 i did not sleep the fathers at that dance and, and this yeah. is a great one for the listeners the fathers at that dance were encouraging me to sit down and they didn't know what i meant but i said oh you don't understand I only got tonight and you know kurt how much better would we be if we all only thought that we had tonight you know mm. um that was a really important lesson in my life and i need to take it to heart even more so nowadays when life gets busy because uh i behaved in a way that everybody should behave every day you know and uh and so you know i, I had a lot of uh reasons to believe in god throughout that time because uh there were divine interventions that i just can't explain any other way man dude that's i remember the first time that you told me that story in that diner brother and and just tears coming down my eyes man and just thinking because it's so easy to take for granted, you know, the little things like being able to see our kids every single day, come home from school and, and just the little things. And, and for you uh, to say, hey, listen, that 24 hours was like the time of your life. It meant so much to you, man. So that's incredible, man. So, well, you know, you, you, you go through this eventually, uh, you know, this is 10 years of your life, man. You know, so now you know i'm i'm curious man you know now you come home and you know you've been you know 10 years away and now all of a sudden like what's it like when you when you come home and and then all of a sudden man you, you get into this fitness industry right you know like you you weren't always just a franchiser with your own franchise and all this stuff so what's that transition like to coming home and then launching into your your own fitness business Oh, the transition was crazy. Like, first of all, when my wife picked me up, by the way, cell phones got a whole lot smaller. Like when we were kids, the only one that had a cell phone was like a real estate agent and he carried it like a lunchbox or something. Right. And so it was big, right. Had a big antenna coming off the top and all that kind of thing. But then they got small and smaller. They went to flip phones and little phones. When my wife picked me up and I hadn't seen one of these things and you know, 10 years, you know, actually when I went in, a beeper was still a popular thing, right? And so she hands me the phone and says, hey, you know, your dad would like to talk to you. And so I got this little phone that doesn't stretch from my ear to my mouth. And so I'm taking it back and forth. I'm like, you know, listening with my ear and I'm trying to bring it down to my mouth and talking back and forth and like all that. And she's like, you can just hold it, it's okay, you know? And, <laughs> and then we stop at a rest stop so I can use the bathroom. 
automatic flushes became a big thing. You know, like I had to wave at the toilet to get it to flush. Then I go to the soap dispenser and I guess it wasn't like a, it wasn't a pump handle. It was a catch tray. I pulled the tray right off the dang thing. You know, I was a mess. Right. And she was picking me up from prison to take me to a halfway house. And here's how it went for me to get into the fitness industry. I'd been training people for tunas and stamps. If there was an opportunity to teach fitness wherever I went, I did. I taught adult continuing education on how to become a certified coach. I taught adult continuing education on nutrition. So I knew what I wanted to do. But here's how it works at a halfway house. Halfway house says, here's what you have to do, Travis. If you get a job, we'll give you permission to start going home on the weekends. When you go home on the weekends, you also have to look for a job there. If you get a job there, then we'll let you move home. So I said, okay, deal. So I asked somebody at the halfway house, I said, where's the fastest place for me to get a job? I've been waiting to go home a long time, you know, this 10 years in the making, you know? And so they said, oh, you get a job, this laundry. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll go to a laundry and get a job. That sounds fine, you know? So I go to this laundry and my job was to pull laundry from the washer, stuff it in the dryer, pull it. And I got this guy yelling over my shoulder, hurry up, but don't drop anything. And I mean, that was just like, kind of like the start of my life. So then I, I start to get traveling home. I'm traveling home and I find a job. I find that this place is going to give me a chance to be a trainer in their gym. And I was so excited because, Kurt, you know, when you come out and you're a felon of 10 years and you don't got any job history and you're like, well, anybody want to hire me? You know, I got this stain on my life. I got this scarlet letter to carry. And so they did hire me. And so then I go back to the halfway house and I'm like, hey, I got this job. Does this mean I can move home? And they said, oh, about that. Um, we've decided that your city is too far from our halfway house to supervise you. So um, we need you to quit that job and just, you know, stay with something closer to here. Wow. And I said, you don't understand. I said, I'm not from a metropolis. Like, that. you know, I'm from a small rural area. I said, there's not a lot of opportunities in my town. I said, this is like a real functioning gym where I could grow and be the manager and, you know, maybe do some things there. Well, Barnes, if you want to take the chance, here's how it works. I said, if you're ever a minute late getting back, then we'll send you back to prison. But you could keep that job and take that risk. And, you know, winter's coming. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is a lot. But I, I know something, Kurt. I, I said, I think every great dream is going to be tested. I think every great dream will be tested. And so I said, okay, I'm going to keep the job. And if I'm a minute late, you guys can send me back. I had such a good wife. Uh, and I still have a great wife, but back then she was packing my lunches and putting in the car so that I could run out the door after my work was done and not waste a minute trying to drive back to this place. And I would pray. I was like, God, I hope this snow just holds off until I get out of this place. And and I actually, it was a really interesting year because it didn't really snow in November and it didn't really snow in December. And I was let out just after January. And the biggest snowfall happened on the day that I was let out. I mean, there were cars spinning off the ramps and stuff. I was like, you know, God, I should have asked for one extra day, but you really jumped on this day, you know? Um, it was amazing. It was another time that I really saw God because I was able to pull that off. And just so you know, and this is for all the champion listeners out there, my commute was an hour and a half each way my pay back then we, you know, we had gas back then that was about the same cost as it is now, maybe a bit more. And, uh, my pay was just going completely to gas. I mean, I, that's, I still wasn't much of a help to my family yet, but I was trying to hang on to a job for the future and I was able to hang on to it. In fact, I was getting promoted to manager by the time I was leaving the halfway house and I was eventually moved up to chief operations officer, uh, for that company that I chose to, 
take that chance on. So, yeah. wow, that that is incredible. Just just what you had to literally go through. Um, you know, I always say, you, you know, any any situation, God does not just you know have us go through it, but He has us grow through it, right? And so, so, so now take take us in to how do we go from that to actually starting this fitness business? Yeah. So I come home and, you know, I did work my way up to manager and chief operations officer. So finally going to give my my family a home of their own because they've been living with my mom and, you know, staying with other family members and doing different things. And they haven't had a, a home of their own, but I got a decent salary now. So I get us a home of our own. And within a month, I, we hadn't even made our first mortgage payment. That home was flooded to the second floor. So just because you think your troubles are over, you know, there's always going to be more coming, right? There's always going to be more coming. I'm like, you know, God, can I get a break? You know, I already did 10 years in prison. Now I got a home that looks like a submarine, you know, like, what can we do? And uh, so I get that home that's flooded the second floor. We get this place into a FEMA trailer. I'm still working for the company, but for something, for some reason, you know, the owner's heart becomes hardened, you know, and, uh, you know, biblically, you know, sometimes hearts are hardened so that miracles can happen, you know? Um, and uh, he decides that he'd like to have a different vision for his company. He'd like to have his company without me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way to say I got fired. Well, boy, man, when I got fired, Kurt, again, you know, I got an awesome wife. Uh, it looked like Dorothy Boyd from Jerry Maguire, you know, because everybody's like, this guy's putting in 100 hours a week for this organization. Andy's an ex-con, you know, how is he going to take it, right? Is he going to be something that we need to be afraid of? <laughs> and I'm not I'm not that guy, you know, they didn't have to worry about things like that. But uh, I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. Who's coming with me? <laughs> the only one that was coming with me was Cindy, my wife, you know, took her whistle off from around her neck right at that moment. We walk out that door together and it's like, well, what are we going to do? And so we became traveling trainers. You know, we're on an unemployment check. We're living in a FEMA trailer. We're traveling trainers. And uh, my father calls me about this lady that he's going to church with. And uh, this lady owns a salon and she has this adjoining space that she thinks we should come check out. You know, we should come check out her space. And, you know, she thinks that we should have a gym there. I said, Dad, I said, did you tell this lady that I'm on an unemployment check living in a FEMA trailer? <laughs> like, like, you know, I, I don't even know why she would want to give me the time of day, you know. Uh, but he was persistent. And so I said, ah, well, what would it hurt to, you know, go to church with him and just, you know, stop by afterwards and then tell the lady our situation. And then we'll all go on with our lives because uh, she'll determine I'm not a good candidate. Right. You know, and so we show up there and I'll tell you, Kurt, I've never seen a salon like it. There's Christian quotes on the wall and there's Christian music playing. And, and you know, she's just so on fire for God. And and so first we see her salon and then she takes us to the adjoining space and she's like, oh, and you could do this over here and you could do this over here. And and so I'm like, you know, ma'am, you have a very nice space. I don't know if my father's told you, but I'm on an unemployment check. I'm living in a FEMA trailer. So if we ever have more resources, I'll reach out. How's that sound? And she said, I don't care about any of that. All I know is that God told me that you're supposed to be here. When are you moving in? <laughs> I looked wow. at Cindy. <laughs> we went outside and talked about it. And I said, what are you thinking? She said, I think that lady thinks God's telling her that we're supposed to start a fitness business in her location. And so, so began Journey Fitness. We started in uh, April of 2013. And uh, we started with 
these people that believed in us that were kind enough to give us a couple months free rent. Uh, we started with a high interest loan for minimal amounts of equipment. We had uh, newspaper advertising on credit. That's what began Journey Fitness. And we grew. We grew to five locations in four years. So that was pretty good. Man, that is incredible. So so you go, you know, from the story of literally traveling, you know, 90 minutes both ways, right? Risking if I'm a minute late, I'm going back to prison. But, you know, what what I see is just a focused determined person that you know has a goal in mind right and it's just like hey if there's a will there's a way right like that's what i just hear you know you saying is just whatever it takes to now all of a sudden god just opens a door right you know that's one of my favorite you know verses is that all things are possible with god like yeah. you, you just any goal that we think about setting there's naturally going to be that doubt that will eventually you know, begin to start coming in and we have to be able to fight that doubt right and that's one of my favorite verses is just hey look all things are possible with God, doesn't matter what it is. You know, here you are, you guys are on an unemployment check, living in a trailer, and you got this dream, and he just opens up this building, literally divine alignment, right? You know, I always say, God will create the alignment for the assignment. So yeah. you guys go there in a very short period of time from January 2013, you, you kick this thing off, now you grow to four or five locations. Now all of a sudden, tell me about, you know, because that's a big step from going from maybe an owner of, a, of, of the businesses to becoming a franchisor, right? Like where you're starting a franchise. So, you know, tell me like what what made you decide to, to take that, you know, path? Yeah, you know, Kurt, I would have actually stayed with that owner that gave me my first chance because I'm an extremely loyal person. I think you've learned that about me, you know, that if I have a relationship with somebody, that, that really means the most to me. So I would have stayed opening up locations for him. But because I had gotten good at opening up locations, I understood what systems meant. Uh, that owner wanted me to read certain books and do certain things. And, and I was, uh, as you say, very driven, you know, so I was happy to take all the notes I could and systemize his business for him. And so it seemed like a very simple step for me to open up multiple locations for myself, you know, and I think maybe obviously that was God's intention, right? And so I start opening up multiple locations for myself and people start coming to me and saying, hey, Travis, when we go to your other locations, the same things are happening there, you know, but you're not there. You should be a franchise. And I'm like, oh, well, that's something to think about. And enough people said it, <laughs> you know, uh, we had, we were approached a few different times. They did a study on us and all that kind of thing. And so finally, one person came that was a member. His name is Mark Stemmerman. He owned a ski resort at the time and uh, had a, another supply company. And uh, he wanted to invest in the idea. And so he's actually a franchise partner today. But uh, he said, you know, you really should be doing this. You know, you, you don't belong just here. You know, you, you should really spread your message. And so we decided to do it. And Kurt, God showed up again. You know, like, I feel like I've been getting signs all the way back to Lee Haney that, you know, hey, I'm here with you. You know, even like those footprints in the sand, even when you think you're doing it all on your own, you're not mm. carrying you. And so we decide that we're going to become a franchise. Now, the most important thing about a franchise is that you're going to trademark your name and your systems. Okay. And so what we found out is that somebody in Hawaii had trademarked the name journey fitness. So I'm like, geez, well, that's a, 
that's a problem. They're, they're asking us to rename our business. If we're going to be a franchise, that's like renaming your baby. Like I, I wouldn't want to, I have a daughter named destiny. I, somebody came along and told me, Hey, you just got to rename your kid to move forward. I'd be like, wait a second. Her name's destiny. So we kept trying to keep the name journey and we're working with this franchise attorney. And I was saying to Cindy, I'd always run every idea by her. And so I said, Cindy, you know, we're more than fitness. We're fitness coaching and nutrition. And she's like, yeah, but that's a long name journey, fitness, coaching and nutrition. And I'm like, okay. So I started thinking about all these different threes. And so I started saying, well, maybe we'll shorten it up and call ourselves like journey Trinity. And she's like, ah, too religious. And I'm like, how about journey trifecta? And she's like, ah, sounds like a racing company. And I'm like, how about journey? Like three X, like three X your journey. She's like a triple X club owned by an ex con. That doesn't sound right. You know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so then I was like, thinking and thinking and understanding that there's 110 fitness, you know, given 110%, 212 fitness, given the extra degree. I said, how about journey 333? And so I contacted the attorney. I said, I'm feeling good about this 333. You know, it's kind of like journeys on the mountain. The 333 symbolizes what we do, fitness, coaching, and nutrition, mind, body, spirit, helping people look better, live better, feel better, you know? And uh, I said, what do you think? And he said, well, the initial search looks good. I think we might be able to do that. Let me look into it a little bit further. So he's Googling. So I realized maybe I should Google something. So I Google 333. And man, if you Google that, guess what you find? God shows up. He says, you're seeing this number because God wants to be a co-creator with you in the universe. I'm like, he does. That's great. God and I are partnering together again. And so then I go to breakfast with a friend of mine. He's a Christian guy. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about this name, Journey 333. What do you think about that number? And he says, oh, well, Travis, did you know that that was God's phone number? Mm. I said, stop messing with me. I said, if I knew God had a phone number, I would have called him a long time ago because, you know, I'm trying to figure out some stuff. He says, no, you know, there's this these T-shirts that sometimes some Christians have, and they advertise a Jeremiah uh, 333, uh, where it says, call on me and I'll answer. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I like that. That gives me another good confirmation. And so then I decided to call the attorney back. And I said to the attorney, I said, hey, I'm feeling really good about this. Are we going to be able to make this work? And he said, well, we are going to make it work. And I think you should get a main number that ends in 333. And that's when the hairs on my arm stood up. And I was like, got to chill down my spine. I said, oh, my God, we've had that phone number since we started. Our phone number has been 607-735-0333 since we started. Wow. So, so is there a plan for your life? I believe that there is. I believe that there is. I think that we're all created just the same way that we have, you know, brown hair and brown eyes or blue eyes or whatever the case might be. I think that God puts certain passions and enthusiasms in our heart. You know, in fact, ethos, iasm, it comes from the Greek. It means the God within. And so I realized that God gave me a passion for fitness at a young age. And as many opportunities as he could, he showed me that it, he was right there with me. And if I was willing to be humbled, if I was willing to train people for tunas and stamps, he would help me to be exalted later on, where maybe I could even help spread a, a business model that impacted communities. So I, I can see all the way through, all the way through my prison sentence where I felt protected at different times, you know, and coming home and getting the job and, you know, starting Journey Fitness with a, a landlord like that and then starting a franchise and getting the confirmation that said, yep, this is another step that we're taking together. Wow. Um, you know, it's been awesome. It's been and one really of, you know, Travis, you know, the verse, and, and I have a, a backstory that you and I have talked about with, 
you know, when I went through that, those darkest nights of the soul going through mercury poisoning, uh, you know, years ago, and after two and a half years of every test you could think of being a, called crazy on every medication, literally on the verge of suicide, uh, you know, God brought me to that verse, Jeremiah 33, 3 because I was seeking, right? You know, and it was like, but I was seeking all the wrong things, right? Like go to this doctor, ask this person for their opinion, do this, do that, where it's like, how often do we do that? How often do we turn to everybody else, but the one that matters most? And that verse, I love it. It says, call to me, seek me, and I will answer you unsearchable things. And uh, it's actually the, the, the license plate that I have on my Corvette. Really? It that much to me. There's so many things that I could chose, you know, choose. And as I was going through what do I want on this car, you know, it's that because that's what I want people to see. Not a flashy car, you know, because people don't understand that dream that when I started selling cars and when I was 19 years old for a Chevy dealership, fresh out of high school, when I didn't graduate and I got into this car sales gig. Right. And I saw that car every day and I'm like, man, someday I'm going to have that car. And, uh, you know, it's through wisdom each and every day asking God to help me as a leader in my business and all these different things that provided the finances, right, to have a vehicle like that. But that Jeremiah 33.3 is so powerful, man. So I, I want to ask you this, because, you know, this year really getting to, you know, partner with you, partner with Journey Fitness, you know, with, you know, my company, Jim Growth Experts. You know, that is what has built in my mind just an incredible friendship. You've inspired me to finish the book that I just got done writing, you know, to take action on some certain things. And, and as we talk about, right, you know, uh, you know, more scripture here, Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. And, and, and that's what I see you doing every single day, you know, in your businesses and in the speaking, you know, in the different things that you're working on. So, you know, here, here's the question, man, what's next for journey? You know, cause you know, I, I see what's happening, you know, behind the scenes as a personal relationship, but for you, what's that vision? What's that next step? Because if somebody's listening to this podcast, I want to share with you right now, you have an incredible brand. You know, you are a true servant leader that is setting people up for success in the fitness business. So what's that vision? What's that goal for where are we going with journey fitness? What's next brother? Wow. Wow. Great question. Great word too. vision, right? That's what's required of us as leaders. And so I had to get crystal clear on that. And so I've determined that journey is going to have a thousand locations. Mm. And it's because I know what that truly means. It's going to be five to 8,000 coaches because there's five to eight in each location, five to 8,000 or an army of coaches waking up every day to go change lives, waking up every day to go change lives. And so here's what will happen that with a thousand locations, eventually a thousand people will run through each location and that'll be a million lives changed. If the average weight loss is only 10 pounds, that'll be 10 million pounds of weight loss. And you and I know as fitness professionals that just a 5% reduction in body weight is enough to change somebody's vitals. If I change their vitals, I get them off medication. And therefore I have people living longer, healthier, happier lives just because we exist. We can truly honor what we say when we say that we add years to people's life and life to people's years. So journey will continue to differentiate. We will continue to lead rather than follow, you know, look for opportunities to keep on adding more for our members, but that is the growth plan. That's the growth plan. 
Let's go. That that excites me, man. That excites me. So, Travis, real quick, before I last, uh, ask you our last question, um, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about Journey Fitness? If maybe they're in the fitness space, they're looking at, hey, I, I'm thinking about, you know, starting, you know, a business. Uh, I'm, you know, where can people find you? Where can people learn more about Journey Fitness? Yeah, absolutely. So go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And if you just want to connect with me personally, um, Facebook is the best place for me. I'm just Travis Barnes on Facebook. Um, I am Travis Barnes with the 333 on Instagram. But I'll tell you guys, I'm just not great at my social media game. And since I'm a little bit older, I'm more on Facebook, you know. Um, but awesome. uh, yeah, best place. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, we'll do. This has been so incredible to spend some time with you. I so appreciate you taking the time pouring into people, man. I hope if you're you're listening to this or you're watching this, you've been inspired, right? And in, inspired is to live in spirit. So, you know, we call this podcast, you know, the champion life, Travis, because really that's my mission here is to help people, you know, live a life of abundance and freedom and victory where they're winning in every single area of their life, right? You know, whether that's in their faith, that's in their fitness, family finances. So my last question for you is, you know, what does living a champion life mean to you? Yeah, I love the name of your podcast and what you're doing with your book and what you're doing to mentor other men. It takes me back to a time, I think I was about 14 years old and I saw one of these t-shirts. I used to always be a sucker for the t-shirts that had sayings on them and, uh, Instead, a champion is someone who gets up even when they can't. Now, that reminds me of like the Rocky movies. Mm -hmm. Like, what do we love about Rocky? We're like, oh my God, I can't believe this guy's getting up again, right? Like, I mean, we just love to see Rocky get beat up so much and still keep coming back. So a champion is someone who never gives up and who rises up and inspires others by the way that they keep on rising. Right. Is it, isn't it a good man that will uh, you can know the Bible verse probably a little bit better than me, but uh, uh, a good man uh, is going to fall, you know, seven times, but gets up, you know, right? Like it's all about getting up one more time than you've been knocked down in the words of the motivational poet Chumbawamba, right? You know, we get knocked down, but we get up again, right? That's how that goes. <laughs> Absolutely. No, man, that's incredible. Well, well, you know, I would encourage you, man, check out uh, Travis, check out Journey Fitness, man. They're doing some incredible things in the fitness industry. Uh, and, and if you just want to follow good people, you know, Travis is one of those guys, you know, where, you know, one of the things that I live is in the, in the abundance world, right? Where if you can get around people, whether it's virtually or whether it's in person, the more better people that you can get around, I believe that that is the key that is foundational to taking your life to the next level so man you know you definitely have sharpened me i like to think that i have sharpened you brother sure have. And, you sure um, have, man. For sure. it's, it's just been it's been incredible watching you know you grow getting to know you watching you know journey so man i'm just i'm so grateful i'm thankful for the time man i'm gonna just continue to um you know see blessings upon your life upon your business upon your marriage upon everything and uh just know man that i'm continuing to root for you and to root for journey brother uh you know for for many many years to come man so thank you so much for jumping on with me today dude oh thank you thank you for the honor of being on this show thank you you got it dude 
Thank you so much for listening to the Champion Life Podcast. I hope that you learned a thing or two that can help you create the champion life that you desire and that God has for you. Now, before you go, I have one ask. If this episode resonated with you in any way, I want to hear about it. Please shoot me a personal message on Facebook at Kurt Tucker or Instagram at Kurt D. Tucker. Stay tuned for the next episode, my friend. And as always, keep growing and keep going.